It's Tuesday, October 9th, 2018, and this is episode 15 of Poet Kind Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Poet Kind is a little podcast about poetry, life, and how it is all so intertwined. Each week we feature a poem, usually from the public domain, but more and more we are featuring poetry from our listeners, and yay for the continuing submissions. Please keep them coming. We'll tell you how at the end of the podcast. This week, I want to talk a little about fall. Despite the 80-plus degree weather we're having here, the calendar and our local grocery are proof positive it is October and time for mallow cream pumpkins, which are kryptonite in sugar form, and something called witch's brew, equally kryptonite and something I can only find this time of year. If you don't know what witch's brew is, it's spiced wine. And in my opinion, it is so good served warm. I love spice. Well, almost anything spice really, but spiced wine is the equivalent of fuzzy warm blankets, thick socks, good books, and long nights. I confess, I bought a bottle today, but the 80-something is not the right time, so I'm going to have to save it for later. As I sit in my air-conditioned space, though, and look out at the colors that are dancing in the trees and the steep angle of the sun, I could be fooled that it is fall out there. One thing I can't be fooled about is that the land around us is telling us it's time. Time to bring in, time to prepare for what is coming, and time to find those places of comfort for the long, dark nights ahead. I can't help it. And it sounds so cliche, but fall always turns me to certain types of reading. One is Poe, at least in October. I'm not a big Halloween person, but longer nights, deeper darknesses do invite a little something different, at least for a while. I learned to love Edgar Allan Poe from a teacher I had as a freshman in high school. I was a new kid, as I frequently was growing up, in a new school, and I had been warned about this one particular teacher. And wouldn't you know it, I was assigned her class. It was a portable classroom that was suitably stuffy, small, dark, and carried years' worth of teenage body smell mingled with must. It was special. What I wasn't expecting was an experience that would change my life. I know, sounds dramatic, but Mrs. Holt still stands as hands down one of my all-time favorite teachers, and her English class started a love affair with words that is inescapable and lifelong for me. She was demanding, which is why most students avoided her. That and the fact that she was downright intimidating. No small woman. She sported a teased beehive hairdo, and granted this was in the late 70s, early 80s. Pointed cat-eye old school glasses. Um, Think Flannery O'Connor for anybody out there who's familiar with with her. And wore heavy polyester, no-frills dresses, pantyhose, and pumps. And did I mention this is in Florida? And we started school like the middle of summer because we were on a quarter system had to be hot oh and pumps that matched each outfit she looked as serious as the failing grades she doled out with generosity funny thing though she pushed us as students but she genuinely wanted you to succeed she expected excellence and anything less you ended up hating her class but me I adored her I worked harder in her class than any class I think all the way through grad school, at least in my memory. I got that A, though. The other thing I got was the love of Poe. She had a couple of assignments that required we read his 
work. One in particular was the Telltale Heart. We were then supposed to write a piece in that style, and I was hooked, totally hooked. I wrote my little heart out. Yes, I know that's a bad pun. I couldn't resist. But what resulted was something I'll never forget. Now, Mrs. Holt used to return our papers back to us upside down on the front left corner of our desks, and as she walked the aisles, she narrated, Mr. So-and-so, you can do better than that. Miss So-and-so, it was meant to be similar, not the same. When she got to my desk that day, I got no paper back, and all she said was see me after class. Terrified does not begin to touch what I was feeling. And of course, the class murmurings and occasional looks of pity didn't help either. The slow walk to her desk after everyone else was gone was full of shame and more than my fair share of self-loathing. I was convinced I was going to get a major talking to because of the failure I was. As it turned out, she said very little to me. I don't remember much of that conversation, but I remember two sentences. This is good. This is very good. I never told anyone about this conversation until I was long an adult. My classmates assumed I had been reprimanded, which was fine with me. We lived there long enough for me to complete the quarter, and then we moved to the next place. But the lasting influence of that single teacher continues to impact my life. And I bet she had no idea that that little assignment would be so significant to someone. And I bet she didn't know that I'd love Poe for years to come because of her. So to celebrate fall, we're going to visit with Poe and read The Conqueror Worm. Poe is best known for his horror stories and as a critic. He was a significant contributor to the literary world, and most specifically in the horror and detective genres. He was also a proponent of art for art's sake, the modernist movement, and he died at only 40. From what I think he would have found perhaps a little ironic, maybe even a little funny, what doctors concluded was most likely rabies. The Conqueror Worm by Edgar Allan Poe Lo, tis a gala night within the lonesome latter years, an angel throng, bewinged, bedight, in veils and drowned in tears, sit in a theater to see a play of hopes and fears, while the orchestra breathes fitfully the music of the spheres. Minds in the form of God on high mutter and mumble low, and hither and thither fly, mere puppets they who come and go at bidding of vast formless things that shift the scenery to and fro, flapping from out their condor wings, invisible woe, that motley drama, oh, be sure it shall be not forgot, with its phantom chased for everyone by a crowd that seized it not, through a circle that ever returneth in to the selfsame spot, and much of madness and more of sin and horror the soul of the plot. But see, amid the mimic rout, a crawling shape intrude, a blood-red thing that writhes from out the scenic solitude. It writhes, it writhes with mortal pangs. The mimes become its food, and the angels sob at vermin fangs in human gore imbued. Out, out are the lights, out all, and over each quivering form, the curtain a funeral pall comes down with the rush of a storm, and the angels, all pallid and wan, uprising, unveiling, affirm that the play is the tragedy man 
and its hero, the Conqueror Worm. This poem can be found in the public domain.